Hi, this is Jacqueline Francis here from Stop Sweeping Under the Carpet. And I just wanted to come on and share with you a live interview that I did with um, Michelle Johnson from Slam Radio, where I had the opportunity to talk about my book called Walk Quiet, Run Quick. And also, I mean, obviously my book, well, not obviously, but my book talks about um, the storyline is about domestic abuse. So on her radio program, she wanted to invite me to talk about the myths surrounding domestic abuse and why domestic abuse is on the rise and the effect that it's having on um, our mental health. So, you know, my videos are uncut, so I hope that you enjoy. So listen out for this. Coming up on the sleeve of that piece of music. Okay, so we're in the studio here at Slam Radio, and this is the Great Exploits show. We're talking to two women who are doing great exploits in their field. One is a published author, um, mentorship, a, a relationship mentor, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then the other is a recording artist by the name of Rachel Huggins. So we're going to continue our conversation with Jacqueline. Jacqueline, you were telling us how... What was your inspiration? What it was that was the precursor that led up to you writing the book that mm -hmm. you've written? Mm -hmm. Tell us the name of the book. Okay, but, so the book is called Walk Quiet, Run Quick. Mm -hmm. um, there we go. Here's a copy of it here. Yeah, okay. Can you guys see? Walk Quiet, Run Quick. Yeah. Yeah. So certainly the ones online can't see, but uh, okay. the, the book is called Walk Quiet, Run Quick. Yeah. And if you want to tell us what it's about. Okay, so... Um, it's a fictional romance, mm -hmm. well, a fictional crime. It starts off as a okay. romance, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, it, it talks about coercive, controlling behaviours, toxic relationships, um, and we all, we, you know, we all act in, well, we, don't, we know that um, domestic abuse is a crime, so hence it's a story about uh, a woman who finds herself in, a, in an abusive relationship, really. Wow, that's really powerful, right? So it starts off as a romance, yeah. And then it turns into something bit far more sinister yeah. than that. Yeah. And you said that you were working with refugee women um, just before, well, this is what yes. gave you the inspiration. Yeah. Is it that refugee women were experiencing this domestic violence? Well, it, it wasn't, um, they weren't all refugee women. Mm -hmm. um, it was a refuge that I was working in, some of the, you know, right. people from different backgrounds. But I think okay. predominantly, as I said, I went in as a teacher to teach them English right. and ended up supporting wow. them emotionally okay. instead of um, yes. teaching them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And has domestic violence been a kind of a theme of interest to you for a long time or because to me that's a really hot, that's a big topic, it's complex, yeah. it's difficult, it's challenging. So I think to embark upon writing a book particularly a novel which I think is harder to write than a non-fiction book yeah. but people could argue with that or that's an arguable point mm. um, I've written a book and I know the level of commitment that's required mm. you've got to be really passionate about that theme that yeah. you're writing on so yeah. I'm just wanting to know why why that theme well, I think it was more as, as well as those women I mean I have children mm -hmm. do you know what I mean and you know I, I looked at my daughter as well and I said well you know if she was in a relationship Yes. You know, would she know whether it was healthy or not? Right. You know, yes. so I wanted to, you know, get her to understand that most people know that it's physical. Yeah. But it's much more than that. Right. Yeah. Because we have this myth that we have a yes. woman cowering in the corner with some yeah. man beaten over or something like that, yeah. and that's abuse. Uh -huh. But it's clearly, it's more, much more than that. And that's what I wanted to 
to portray. To portray, and absolutely. Yeah. Because of late, we're hearing this term um, coercive control yeah. quite a bit yeah. more now. Yeah. And I think it came out of a case that was quite a big precedent mm. with a woman who ended up killing her husband. Mm. But this is, and I think it was the son who was her advocate after she was sentenced to life. Mm. Um, who kept campaigning on her behalf saying you know, mm. this act okay. was not something in the moment this mm. was i've seen my mother go through yeah. good 30 years mm. of this degradation mm. of her emotionally controlling yes. the, the father controlling the mother mm. um and it happened over a 30 year period yeah, and then yeah. it resulted in her just this act which yeah. was murder and she was still sentenced yeah. um, because you see that the, the thing is that you can't prove it yes if it's physical you can see the bruises and things yes. like that yes so it's difficult to determine whether um that person is being abused unless they keep a record of it yeah yeah um, so, yeah. so coercive control is a pattern of intimidation degradation isolation and control with the use or threat of physical or sexual violence mm. is the definition and i got that off of um women's aid which yeah. is a, a webs national charity here mm. so you're right i mean this is this is threat it's a threatening it's a pattern of intimidation and you can't really um prove that yeah. unless other people are observing it they right? call it the invisible abuse right yes because you can't we can't yeah. see it yeah. you can't see if someone is um abusing you financially see if they're abusing you emotionally yes you know yeah. so. and that was another interesting thing i discovered just getting ready to speak with you this morning is that there's this range of abuse so again domestic violence we think straight away is physical brutality mm. um but there's a range of other abuses mm. so tell us about those yeah. you know what are they you mentioned financial yeah financial um sometimes called economical economic abuse mm. emotional abuse mm -hmm. isolation um intimidation threatening behavior or um yes so people can you can be abused um not just physically but emotionally psychologically yeah. and mm -hmm. what's the financial abuse how does that work the financial abuse is so for example um you may be working mm -hmm. but your wages is going into your husband's or your partner's right. bank account yeah. and they'll give you an allowance yeah Right. <laughs> something like that or you know if they are working they'll just give you an allowance to buy whatever it is that you need to buy nothing extra right um, yeah you know so it's things like that yes so is that automatic so if anybody if a woman agrees that this is how you know she might say well i'm terrible with money so you manage all the money and just give me some money to sort myself out mm -hmm. if that's an agreed a mutually agreed there's consensus that's that's okay right well, it's yes, only yes, yes because i know against her will yes yes it's only if it's a, a, yeah as you said against their will yeah. do you know what i mean and it normally happens yes within intimate relationships or um you know with family members but um yeah you have to ask permission if you can buy something. You have to ask them for money to buy something. Do you know what I mean? Or um, they may put, create um, or set up loans or something like that in your name, unbeknown to you. Wow. you know? So yeah. you're responsible for you know paying that back. Yes. And it's things like that. They're to do with money. Yes. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So um, would you say that women? I mean, well, actually, it's a fact. We know that women are mostly the ones on the receiving end yeah. of this kind of abuse and, mm. and domestic violence. Mm. Obviously, we know that men also um, are victims of mm. domestic um, abuse. Yeah. 
But I think what you said in, in terms of the message of your book is showing this course of control, the bit that isn't necessarily physical as yet, so yes. the telltale signs. Yes, yeah. And, you, and you think yeah. that you know that yeah. something's not right, Yeah. because you can feel that something's not right, but I guess you end up making excuses. Right. Oh, he does that because he loves me, he does that because he protects me, he's protecting me or he cares for me, and you start making the excuses for their behaviour. And even when you have a friend that may be telling you, because in this book, she has a friend that's telling her, Something's not quite right, yes. but you know, yes. they let it fly. Yeah. And is it a particular, why, why does that happen then? Why do women tend to then make those excuses for the, the man who is starting with, to show these subtle signs? I guess there could be a number of reasons, and I think it may also depend on their upbringing as well. Um, I mean, I'm just going to go by my character in my book. I mean, her background was that, you know, when she was born, she was rejected by her, by her mother. And she um, was adopted, and then when she tried to find her father, you know, he just well, she didn't know who her father was. So it's that that want of acceptance, you know, of, of belonging, which is a human need, yes. and to know that someone doesn't. And then this person comes along and tells you everything that you you know that you want to hear right. and, and want to feel. Yeah. Then yes. it's easy to sort of fall yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah. And do you think that there's a kind of a pattern around that? Do you think that men who tend to be domestic abusers can spot that need in particular women? Do you think it's a predatorial type thing or...? Um, before I did the research for my second book, I would have said no. Okay. But on researching my second book, yes. um, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, Hennessy. Mm -hmm. um, he actually says that um, men, I'm going to use the term men because yeah. it's only men, mm -hmm. who actually target right. their the person that they want to yes. be with. Yeah. So when you think you're meeting them for the first time, they've already seen you. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So, so they, there's been a, been an element of stalking. They're yeah. checking you out and stalking yeah. you to observe yeah. you yeah. and read you yes. to see whether you're actually the yes. victim yes. Yeah. And that they're I, looking for. It, well, yeah, I mean, if I can take the example, um, that, oh, that program, Murdered by My Boyfriend, I don't yeah. know if I've seen my documentary. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that if you, you need to go back and watch that from YouTube. That was quite profound because she thought she met him first in the nightclub, but he had seen her before that in a phone shop. Yes. Um, so unbeknown to her. Yes. So he stalked her for he what of a while. stalked her for a while. Yeah. 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 I remember seeing that. It was a drama. Yeah. The documentary. Based on real life. And um, yeah, in a real life. Yeah. And just see how she was murdered. It was brutal beyond yeah. what you could actually look at, to be yeah. honest with you. But then over time, you saw how he just wore her down and yeah. wore her down. Yeah. And then she eventually resigned herself. She knew she, he was going to kill her. Yeah. And she'd done everything that she could do to protect herself. Yeah. But she was just emotionally exhausted. And as you're saying it now, I'm getting goosebumps. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. it's just so profound. They chip, 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 chip yeah. away at you until you lose your confidence, your self-worth, your self-esteem. Do you know what I mean? Until you say... You sort of like just well do what you will yes. because you're just so tired. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exhausted. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to continue this very interesting conversation with um, with Jacqueline in a few moments, and in the meantime, we'll hear some music from Mr. Bujiban Tan. <laughs> Hello. Oh, I was just waiting. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk to. Oh, that's what I'm trying to do. 
you guys on Facebook for tuning in and staying locked in. We're here right up until 12 o'clock. Um, as you know, I'm talking to Jacqueline Francis on a very, very difficult and emotionally challenging subject, coercive control and domestic violence. And uh, following Jacqueline, I'm going to have um, Rachel Huggins, who's a recording artist, who's already shown up in the studio very early. Um, which is nice, and uh, we'll be talking to her about a new release, and that will be sometime after 11 o'clock. So we're going to have Jacqueline a bit, a bit longer, um, for a little while longer. So stay tuned in. Thank you. Domestic abuse 
is an incident or pattern of incidents of controlling, coercive, threatening, degrading and violent behavior, including sexual violence, in the majority of cases by a partner or ex-partner, but by also by a family member or mm -hmm. carer. Mm -hmm. And it is very common. In the vast majority of cases, it is experienced by women and is perpetrated by men. So in, in the majority of cases, that's the scenario, but we do acknowledge that men also are on the, can be on the receiving end of this. Domestic violence can include, but it's not limited to, coercive control, psychological and or emotional abuse, physical or sexual abuse, financial or economic abuse, and we touched on that earlier, mm -hmm. where someone takes away the control of your finances, your financial freedom is taken from you, even your salary can be taken from you, and you might be awarded a small a stipend or allowance or something like that. So you have no control over your own money. Um, harassment and stalking is a form of domestic abuse, according to um, Women Aid. Online or digital abuse. Domestic abuse is a gendered crime which is deeply rooted in the societal inequality between women and men. It is a form of gender-based violence directed against a woman because she is a woman or that affects women disproportionately. So it's quite a broad, wide ranging sets of set of behaviors and actions and activities yeah, yeah. coming under this banner of domestic yeah. violence and i guess that's why it's probably so difficult to sort of pinpoint yes because the lines tend to get blurred i believe yeah yeah, you know, yeah. So, sure yeah. absolutely um so what we wanted to talk about then is the impact of of this range of abuse mm. on on the person on the receiving end and I think we had started to talk about that yeah. in the last segment um, because it has an emotional impact mm. it has a mental impact yeah. it has an impact on you in terms of your confidence surely yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. I mean I've spoken to quite a few um, women and young teen girls who were abused as teenagers who are now in their 20s yes um, who told me and shared with me um, how they were feeling um, lack of confidence, that they they have no purpose here, you know, um, wow. the lack of self-esteem and self-worth, yeah. that they're not valued, mm. you know, so. Absolutely, I think if you are in a position where you are being threatened and intimidated day in, day out, yeah. or every time you come into contact with a particular person, it will undermine your mm. your confidence. Yeah, and I guess your, 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 as your confidence increases, your ability to fight back also decreases, yes, yeah. which then leads to lower, yeah. it gives more power to your perpetrator, to the perpetrator, but yeah. also then lowers your sense of self-respect, your sense of self-worth, yeah. your confidence then goes down. So it's a kind of a awful spiral. Yeah, downwards. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess, as you say, mental health issues yes. will occur. Mm -hmm. um, but that sense of, you know, What's the purpose? Why am I here? Yes, yeah. So feelings of worthlessness yeah. can arise. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, domestic abuse. So some of the consequences or impacts on of domestic abuse are not just felt by the actual victim, mm. are they? Yeah, no. Um, well, I mean, obviously, if you have children, yeah, then that's an impact on them. And I think, I think. If they're in a, um, an abusive um, household, mm -hmm. 
and they send their kids up to bed or in their rooms or whatever, I think that they feel because they're out of the room, mm -hmm. but they're not taking on board what's happening mm -hmm. with their mum and dad. Mm -hmm. But clearly they can hear what's going on and yeah. you don't know whether they are up in their room or not or yeah. can yeah. see what's going on. Yeah. You know, their mother being you know, struck by their father yeah. and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it has a huge impact yeah. on the, on on the children and the rest yeah. of the family yeah. as well. Yeah. And even if they can't see it, or hear it. I think they can sense that something is not quite oh, right, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Because it must create an atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, been, I've done some voluntary work for um, victim support and, you know, and I shared with a, 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 one of the officers with interviewing the young children. Mm -hmm. So, because they need therapy as well. Do you know what I mean? But obviously you can't, depends on the age of the child, you can't directly yeah. ask them that question. Yeah. You've got to, there has to be a way in which to ask that question yeah. to get that information from them mm -hmm. you know yeah. so if, you, if they don't have therapy at that age at that point mm -hmm. then you know it will continue into their adulthood yeah absolutely so that impact you're quite right will carry on into adulthood mm -hmm. if it's not if there's no intervention if there's no yeah. treatment if there's no therapeutic mm -hmm. um intervention yeah. to, to help children process it yes. and overcome it yes because they don't want to you know they don't want to take sides it's their mom they love their mom they love their dad yeah. you know, they don't want to say anything bad about um, either parent you know so how, how do you deal with that didn't even think about that but you're right yeah and kids are like that yeah. like their loyalties will be divided yeah, even though yeah. we know that mom is the one who is in hospital or whatever as a result of what dad did they yeah. still can't they don't they're conflicted about exactly, how yeah. to feel so yeah. yeah that's really complicated yeah. Yeah. Why do women stay in these relationships? I know when on my training, I was I was told that's a question that one shouldn't ask. That shouldn't be asked. It shouldn't be asked. Okay, of a woman. Yes. You mean? Yes. Okay. Simply because it puts the onus on her. It's as if it's her fault she stayed. Right. Whereas why aren't we asking the question? Well, why do they, the partner who's the perpetrator, why are they inflicting? Um, you know. The abuse on the, on the, on the sure, but if you so the both questions are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Just because you ask one doesn't mean you shouldn't ask yeah. the other. I think this, this, why do you stay? Um, I guess some, for some women they stay simply because if the partner's in control of the finances, paying the bills and mortgages or whatever, yeah. right, and you have no money, where would you go? Yes, you know, and yes. even the threat of if you leave me. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'll seek custody, full custody of the children. Yeah, right. You know, so there are a number of reasons why yes. women may stay. Sure, sure, sure. And you're absolutely right about that because again, in the research, there are a range of barriers mm. um, that social that women might face in trying to escape or thinking about escaping domestic mm. abuse. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, some women stay. There was a study that was done. And what it says here is that they are trapped. They feel trapped in these relationships, mm -hmm. um, and but stay within them for a long time. It's something like twenty-six percent of the sample of women that were part of this research had been in a violent relationship for twenty years or yeah, more, yeah. or um, for five years. So, and eighteen percent were in it for five years or more. So, you're looking at quarter of women in that situation mm. sometimes staying 20 years yeah, or more in it and there are all these reasons it's the children it's the finance it's the mm. where would you go well, where, yeah where would you go and also the self-esteem would mm. i be able to take care of myself anyway yeah maybe this is all i deserve mm. yeah so yeah. a lot of psychological impacts yeah. of domestic violence um tell us a little bit more about your book then because your book is about a woman who meets a man 
and how long is is the life of this relationship before it becomes um it's it's not very long mm -hmm. to be honest um you know she meets this she's going out with somebody before mm -hmm. but he was in love with his work so he wasn't paying her attention the attention that she wanted right you know, so um and that's interesting, isn't it? Because as you said, he was talking her for a bit. Yeah. Checking her out. So, but the guy that, so the guy that she was with, she decided to leave him. Yes. But then she had an argument um, with him in front of his workplace, <laughs> but was seen by this new person. Okay. And then he pretended that, oh, are you okay? Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And then they got into talking, yeah. and then before you knew it, they were together, and then before you knew it, they were in a relationship. So it happened right. quite quickly. Yes. And that's simply because of her, she didn't value herself enough. Okay. She didn't have that confidence. Mm -hmm. She didn't want the rejection. She wanted to be lost. And here this guy came along and was, you know, tall, dark and handsome, you know, and was saying all the right things and doing all the right things, you know, which, you know, made, made her happy. Yes. But then at what point, so they got into a relationship, but yeah. when did it become violent? Um, it was little things, really. I mean, um, he would stop her. I mean, she was a very a person that was very sociable, mm -hmm. and he would say, "No, I don't like your friend. Right. I don't think you should be with her." Yeah. Um, you know, and going out and then leaving sort of like immediately, and she couldn't understand why. And you know, it's just little things that he didn't said that he didn't like that she wanted to please him. Right. Yes. And before long sort of the beating started the oh, control wow. happened yeah. was happening mm -hmm. yes. and then the beating started right so it was probably been about about three months with that okay three months three from months. meeting and being in love and everything to having a first beating yeah yeah i mean it's a short book wow <laughs> no 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 but, <laughs> but i mean that's happen. true to life yes. isn't it it could be less than that yes even. yeah but then the, big, the question is okay after the first beating why is your character still hanging in there well, because it was because they're not married yet. No, they? they're not. The, the, she still has her home. Exactly. I mean, he her own job. He moved in. Well, they moved. Uh -huh. Yeah, she's yeah. a successful businesswoman, yeah. an entrepreneur, yeah. middle class. She lives in White City. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, she was quite independent. Yeah. So to see over the oh, since meeting him, you know how her confidence has started to yes diminish. To, to, to it's that, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Because I was in a situation where. My neighbour, it was a young couple living, well, he was living there, mm -hmm. and um, she used to come and visit, and I would hear really horrible arguments, yeah. awful arguments, mm -hmm. and then it escalated to, you hear the furniture being really trashed around, right, right. and I wasn't sure whether she was the one being trashed around, or mm -hmm. just him just venting on the furniture, whatever. Yeah. I remember one Sunday afternoon, we were coming home, and just... Wanting a nice, peaceful, relaxing afternoon. <laughs> yeah, this argument starts out, and it's like, oh my yeah. god, here they go again. Oh but then gosh. it got to the point she started to scream, right? Yeah. And I sat there and I thought, oh, it was summer, so my windows were open. They had been me, their windows open, so it's actually coming up into yeah. night. So I'm hearing fairly clearly some of the stuff going on. And uh, but then eventually, the kind of screaming I was hearing, I thought, actually, I just can't sit here. Yeah, I have to go down there. Yeah. yeah. So I called my neighbour on the other side of our building and I said to her, her name was Madeline, said this is happening downstairs again, mm. that couple, 
I don't want to go on my own. Mm. You might meeting me out at the front of the building. I'm going to get so yeah. actually, imagine they come round. Mm. And we knocked on the door, and as we knocked on that door, I stepped right back because I thought, well, I don't want to knock on the door and get dragged in. Knocked on the door, stepped back, and as he opened the door, that girl bolted wow. out. Right, right. She bolted out into yeah. the front, into onto the lawn. Mm. I was like, okay. So eventually I went inside with him and Madeline took the girl to one side, you know. Mm. And eventually we remained until the girl got her bag and she left. But mm. the, the full point is that, you know, I've, I heard it over time. Mm. And I, was, I think to myself, and there she goes, coming back. You don't yeah. even live here. Yeah. You don't have to come here. Yeah, yeah. You're coming here yeah. to receive abuse. Yeah. So it is something that is broken yeah. and not functioning very well. Yeah. And imagine what would have said to her. That um, is, is wounded. This person is so wounded that mm. she's coming back to this place. Yeah. Goodness knows what her background was. Mm. But so what support is there for women like that? So you were talking that you were working in a refuge mm. and you were hearing some of these conversations, mm. which obviously reflected some of these issues, yeah. which is why you thought you'd write this book. Yeah. So is there support that's available for women in, in these real situations that are happening right now around us, in our neighbours' homes, yeah. down the street? I mean, there is support. Um, you know, as, you, as, you, as you've mentioned, there's Women's Aid. Um, the, the, the charity that I support is called um, Youth Realities, which is a, a young group, uh, hence the name Youth, um, where a young lady, um, Tanya, set up her own charity yeah. because she was abused and there was nowhere for her to go. Yeah. Even though she was at school age, she told her teachers there was they didn't do anything about it. Wow. You know, and wow. um, yeah. And I think yeah. there's a lot going on with teenage abuse now as well, oh, isn't it? So that's a newish thing. Yeah. In the last couple of years, every now and again, I kind of hear about it. I haven't done any research or read around it, mm. but there's this sense that young, like teenage girls, are getting abused physically. Well, I mean, I someone sent me a, a link to the Guardian yeah. and there was a, a report that teenage girls, a third of teenage girls mm. are being abused and two thirds are in relationships that they don't even know. That, that, that is an abuse. Abusive relationship, yeah. Right. But the point is, if you don't know yeah. what the signs are, yes. and hence by writing the book, if you can yes. read the book yes. and see what some of the signs are, then mm -hmm. you'll think, oh, hold on, my partner does that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's not actually normal. Oh, it's a no, it isn't. Yeah. It isn't. Yeah. So as you say, as you rightly said, there's a lot of not even teen, young girl, young girls and boys <laughs> and same sex relationships mm, yeah, um, yeah. are being yeah. abused yeah. and they don't know. Yeah. So my job, as far as I'm concerned, is if I make them aware, if I educate them as to the different types of abuse yes. other than physical, yes, we'll give them the heads up. Yes, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. empower them to say, "Well, I know this. Mm -hmm. This is what's happening to me." Mm -hmm. And then they can make them the decision for themselves. Yes, absolutely. And I think too, it's about maybe you know trusting your your gut feeling yeah, yeah. because I think that is what's kind of overridden in some instances. Yeah. Like you know, even if you're not in a relationship, if you go to a grocery store, you're driving your car, and somebody. Mm -hmm does something or says something to you, you know when you're being disrespected. Mm, yeah. There's something on the inside that tells you the way that person spoke to me or the, what that person did is wrong. Yeah. They've done me wrong. Yeah. And you would either avoid the person or confront it. Mm. You deal with it yeah. by walking away or confronting yeah. it. Yeah. And so I still feel, I feel that in a relationship, that alarm bell does go off as well. It does. And it's whether people feel strong enough. Mm to say I'm not having this, mm. 
this is it, I'm walking away from yeah. this. Yeah. Or confronting it to say, don't you ever do that again. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So maybe they just override that. They do. At the outset. Yeah, I think boundaries has to be set. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the saying by Maya Angelou. Um, yeah. Someone shows you who they are the first time. Believe them. Um, you know, and I know that there's one link who I interviewed and, you know, she moved up from um, the Midlands to London mm-hmm. to be with her boyfriend. And everything was fine, but she was gaining more confidence in herself, so she was making friends and so forth, and she was looking fine, mm-hmm. you know, but he didn't like the way that she was making new friends. It was almost as if he, she didn't rely on him anymore. Right. And they had an argument, and he hit her. She was in shock. She said that he was in shock, so they were both in shock that they that this had happened. So they're like, you know, he was apologetic and everything like that, but you know, saying that he wouldn't do it again and so forth. And so she stayed. But of course he did do it again. You know, so... It's extraordinary! Yeah, yeah. 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 And I I, I actually get that. I do get the fact that he's in shock that he hit her. Mm And then she's in shock yeah. that she's been hit. Yeah. That's the extraordinary bit, that yeah. two people could get to that point where it becomes violent. And I suppose in that situation, you know, if you talk it through and... I don't know. I honestly mm, don't know. I've yeah. never been in a situation like mm. it. Um, I have seen it. Mm. And I have been in t- contact with people who have been victims of it. Mm. And I think it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. It is. It is. Yeah. But by talking about it yeah. as we're doing now, yeah. if you recognise some of the signs, mm-hmm. other than physical, then as I said, you can make a decision as to what is it that you want to do. You know what type of relationship this is. Yes. Yeah. You know, and especially if you have friends who are telling you, and I know sometimes you might think, oh, what do they know? You know, they just um, you know, just because I'm happy and you're not, sort of thing. You know, that's kind of typical as yeah. well. Because your friends have the objectivity; they love you, yeah. and they're going to tell you what they're seeing that you might not see because you're all in love yeah, and intoxicated by this infatuation. Yeah, and then people reject that advice. Yeah, they don't want to hear. Yeah. yeah, But then it might be rooted in that sense, as you were saying. You know, your character was feeling rejected by her father and yeah. she was just wanting that uh, male figure in her yeah. life who would provide, who would fill that, yeah. that, that emptiness yeah. for her. Yeah, but as long as that friend is still there, because in the book, you know, even though she no longer spoke with her friend, yes. you know, when it's hype, I'm not going to spoil it, but you know, her friend was still there for her. Out <laughs> there, you guys going to buy this book yeah. regardless, yeah, this is off, very fascinating, <laughs> finish your sentence. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got to buy the book to find out what happens, yes. you know, it can, it can be, um, end up being, I've ended it to a point where there could be a trilogy, Oh um, wow! but um, so this is number one of the This trilogy. is number one. Ooh. But having said that, the second book I'm writing is something completely different because I'm breaking it down now yes. as to what yes. coercive control yes. behaviour is. Terrific. Yeah. So we want to hear about that second book as well. Um, let's go to some music okay. before we do. Hello folks on Facebook. Sister D, Elvis. Hey, Julia Paul. Oh, that's my aunt. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> From Trinidad. Although she's oh, wow. sometimes in Canada or wherever. I don't know where you are, Auntie okay. Julia. But hello, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> oh, wow. And I've got Moji on my
here in the UK and also self-employed electrician um, and they were talking about issues around knife crime and managing our young people and Chef Linden as you know was is the chef the inspired diabetic who has done exploits managing diabetes he was able to reverse his diabetes in 105 days he's the first person i have met who was able to do that without medication he did it completely naturally just eating sensibly um, and he's still uh, without diabetes his diabetes are still under control i've had people on like Stephen akinsanya the barrister who is a defense barrister who for years has defended um, young offenders um, who have been charged with capital crimes, murder, knife crimes and everything. And Stephen is still practicing law but and trying and defending um, his defendants, but he is also on the circuit now because he wants to really start talking to young people before they get to the point where they need his services. And one of the things that he says that really struck me and remained with me is that it's only, it, oh, it seems that it's only when they're actually sitting in front of a judge at the Old Bailey that these young men kind of fully grasp the gravity of the trouble that they're actually in. Um, so he's out there campaigning and talking about that. I've had Danny Sodigren, who is a BBC um, IT consultant, um, often on the BBC Breakfast Iconic Sofa, um, updating us about I, uh, information technology and all the technological advances, etc. Um, I've had Elizabeth Anwanu, Dame Elizabeth, has been on the show as well, talking about her book. Uh, so I've had quite a range of very interesting people sharing their exploits. I was at a REACH event just last night, REACH Society event, which is a big organization that is um, inspired. Uh, well, 10 years ago, the founder was inspired to start it to, to reach our young people and to encourage and inspire them to fulfill potential. And it's really been a momentous uh, experience for him and for the REACH Society. But at that meeting, we were talking to young people, and what I keep hearing is that we want to hear our stories told. We want to hear different narratives about black people, about black youth, other than what we see in the mainstream media. And so I am really privileged to be able to run a program like this one, because I said to them last night, well, actually, that's what my show does. It offers this platform for a different narrative to be told. People who are from our community who are doing great exploits, who are doing positive things, who are writing books, who are recording songs, who are campaigning in law, etc, etc. So uh, keep it locked right here every Saturday, 10 till 12, and I'm here till 12 today. My book, Do Great Exploits, you can purchase on my website, www.hmichellejohnson.com. I'm continuing my conversation with my first guest, Jacqueline Francis, the author of Walk Quiet, Run Quick. And we're just going to finish up with Jacqueline in a few minutes and have the very, very talented um, Rachel Huggins join us. She's a recording artist and she's released a new single out this very week called Take Control. And I'm going to play that for us as well. So Jacqueline. Mm -hmm. We've covered quite a lot. Yes, it's an emotional yeah. subject, it's yeah. a difficult subject, um, unpalatable in every sense of the word. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about uh, what can be done to support these women to come out of, of, of that difficult situation as far as possible. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and secondly, you were mentioning that you have another book that you're going to publish next year. Mm -hmm. So do you have, are you able to kind of signpost people to websites or organizations that, you know, anybody who's listening now who knows someone in the situation or who is in the situation, mm -hmm. where can so, we signpost them? Yeah, so first and foremost, um, Women's Aid, um, that's an international um, charity. Yeah. Um, Youth Reality, um, they deal with young people. Love. Is it called? Love doesn't hurt. That's another um, domestic abuse a charity as well. Okay. Um, if yeah. you're a male that's being abused, yeah. mankind. Yeah. And, okay. Um, you know, all yeah. these can be found if you Google the. Um, yeah. yeah. So quite so, a lot out yeah. there, really. Um, and you just probably just need to Google domestic abuse help domestic abuse, yeah. and you'll probably find quite a lot because mm. this is a wide ranging mm. thing, and, I'm, and there there would be lots of charities. And, and I it's not it's not easy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's not easy to take no. that step. But woman to woman out there, I'm encouraging you to take that step. You are worth so much more than whatever you're being dealt right now mm. um, and all it takes is for you to go online or make a phone call when you have some privacy when you're able to do it on your own mm. um, and get the help um, that you need mm. so tell us about this book coming up okay so I have a new book coming out um, in the spring 2020 called the relationship jigsaw eight key pieces to a healthy happy relationship and it more or less breaks down what I've written in um, Walk Quiet Run Quick. So, and I, and I also wanted to let people know that domestic abuse doesn't normally, it doesn't always happen within an intimate relationship. Yeah. Relationship, it can also happen with family members as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Siblings can fight, yeah. get physical, yeah. or even be that coercive control. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And that's where I've told part of my story in terms of emotional and psychological abuse from family members okay. um, and it also breaks down what is coercive control and I have a friend who I used to work with back in the day who's actually a barrister now okay. and he um, defends the alleged perpetrators so right. he's written a, a bit on, in there as well because I asked him the question you know well, what do they say? Yeah, I'd be curious you to know, have him so, on here and yes, ask him a few questions. Yeah, yeah, but then Stephen says the same thing, Stephen Akinsania. Mm -hmm. He says he goes to that party and straight away he's the bad guy because he's defending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people, but, but the fact is, yeah, they brought me back to, yeah. but if they don't know, they don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but then at times you do know what you're doing. Thank you so Especially yeah. if you're setting it all up with stalking and all that. Yeah, You've got to yeah. be conscious that you're yeah. doing something. Yeah, so. Um, there's three parts to this new book, um, my story and breaking down um, what curse control is. The second part is the eight key pieces that I have chosen, yeah. um, because they, they could be many, but you know, I've cut it down to eight. Sure. And then there's the third part is what, what society could be and should be doing, yes. especially employers, the local authority, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, young people themselves, mm -hmm. parents, yeah. Yeah. you know. These are, you know, don't just leave it up to schools to educate, yeah. you know, our young yeah. ones. Yeah. Everybody has responsibility. Mm -hmm. And the more that we're able to talk about it, um, you know, parents, you know, get your children to talk openly, not mm -hmm. necessarily about, you know, your relationship, but have a, this connection with your child so that they're able to come to you if something is wrong. Yeah. Because the, the young people that I spoke to, they were unable to talk to their parents. Mm -hmm. And when they did, they were not supportive. They, right. they actually sort of like blamed it on them. Okay. As to say, well, you know, who told you to get into the relationship so right. young sort of thing right. rather than providing that support. Okay. So um, that's what 
So that's the second book is a non-fiction book. Okay, lovely. Where can we get hold of, of Walk Quiet Run Quick? So you can get hold of Walk Quiet Run Quick on my website, www.jacqueline-francis.com. It's also on Amazon, and for those of you in the USA, you can also get it on Barnes & Noble and Woodstones. Yes, okay, lovely. Any parting words, Jacqueline? I know you actually, I would invite you to stay for the rest of the the time um, so I won't give any parting words <laughs> but thank you so much it's been insightful um, and good talking with you you're welcome thank, thank you. you so much for having me thank you thank you thank you right so that's Jacqueline she's going to be around for a little while longer um, we're going to go to a music break and then I think a commercial break and we'll be right back with the very lovely Rachel Huggins okay guys I really hope that um you enjoyed the interview um, and that you may have taken something away from it. And I would also encourage you to pass on any information that you may feel is relevant to a friend or a family member who you think might be going through any of the subject matters that I have um, mentioned. Um, please do share and like and love um, my podcast. I would really, really appreciate it. That would be great. Until next time. Um, I'll speak with you guys soon. Take care. Bye.